This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Royals podcast. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Royals reporter, Jeffrey Flanagan. And this offseason, Jeffrey, has been so slow that the signings continue to kind of catch up. And the Royals have been a little busy over the last week since we last spoke. First, they signed Lucas Duda. And then today, as we record this on Tuesday, John Jay gets a one-year deal, $3 million guaranteed. Uh, We'll get to Duda in a minute, but I wanted to start with Jay. How does he fit into this mix? Does he have a chance to be a starter in that outfield? I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be an everyday starter, but he's certainly going to be in the mix and play a lot. Um, you know, when we started camp, we, they were really uh, without Haas and Moose and some other players. They didn't have many left-handed bats, and now we're up to our elbows in left-handed bats. <laughs> it seems we've got Michael Saunders and Tyler, Tyler Collins and, and Duda, you mentioned. So they certainly covered that side of the play, but I, I think he's going to be kind of a mix in the outfield, which uh, we'll, we'll have Soler and Gordon and Bonifacio and maybe Paulo Orlando, he'll, but he'll get some time. He's a pretty good defender. Uh, also, he could DH. Um, uh, they've talked for years about having a floating DH, and I think uh, they've never actually done that. But this year, I think finally they will do that. Uh, we'll have you'll see Soler there, you'll see Jay there, and maybe Jay and left Gordon and center. There'll be a lot of different combinations. So. He's going to play a lot. He's going to get some ABs, and especially against right-handed hitters. So uh, I think it's a pretty good pickup, um, low cost. Um, Three million dollars is not a lot of money by today's standards. And one-year deal is not going to block any of their, their young outfielders. So uh, a pretty good pickup. And you're right. This late in camp, we're seeing more and more of these signings trickle in. And selfishly, hey, it gives us something to write about and talk about. Yeah, absolutely. He's a guy also that uh, spent a lot of years, obviously, in the Cardinals organization. He's been with the Cubs. And uh, by all accounts, a great clubhouse guy as well. And a guy that yeah. I think, as he's getting later in his career, has become a leadership guy. Yeah, they, 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 uh, Ned brought that up today, too. He's like an 80 clubhouse guy. So the <laughs> highest rate you can get. So, uh, you know, they don't, they don't hesitate to, to pick up guys like that to, to build the chemistry in the clubhouse. And uh, from what I've heard, uh, he certainly fits the bill there, and you're right. He's, he's played in the Midwest before with the Cubs last year, many years with the Cardinals, so he's familiar with the Midwest. He, uh, he's, he's very excited to, to put on a Royals uniform. Last week we talked a lot about Hunter Dozier and how he looked good around first base and was doing a nice job, and maybe he would be the guy there at first base. And then I think the next day after we recorded the podcast, uh, they signed yeah. Lucas Duda. So he gets $2.5 million guaranteed, similar to, to the John Jay deal. Um, I think Royals fans' best memories of Duda are are great for them and not great for him. Obviously, the, the Hosmer run and the World Series and the clincher and Duda's throw is off the mark. That said, he's a guy that can hit a lot of home runs, and, and he should be a pretty good fit for the Royals this season. Yeah, and he's, he's really kind of tired of talking about that throw. I'm and sure. He knew that would come up, uh, come up the very first day, and, and he was pretty good about it. But, I, you know, he was a little bit short with it. He's, 
he wants to move on. That was two years ago, almost three years ago. Now we're going on three years. So, um, no, he brings a nice veteran left-handed bat to the lineup and a guy that, you know, despite that throw is, is not a bad defender. And they really needed somebody with some experience at first base. I mean, Hunter Dozier uh, has looked good this spring, like you mentioned, but, you know, he has less than 10 games under his belt at first base at any level. So they needed a, a guy they could count on who could catch the ball over there and, and perform all the things you have to do at first base. So, again, just like the J deal, you know, not expensive, not blocking anybody. This way Dozier can go down to AAA and, and do what they want him to do, which is play some first base, obviously, get better there, uh, but also play some corner outfielder, play some third base. Um, so it allows him another year of developing because last year injuries ravaged his season. He only played like 34 or 35 games. So he'll get a full season under his belt and, in at AAA, and and meanwhile Lucas Duda can you know come up here and, and, and catch the ball, which they really want at that position. Ned Yost obviously had a terrible off season, um, the really tragic almost off season, but he's back. This is the final year of his contract, uh, and it sounds like he's really embracing, despite the fact that he's managed this team obviously into the postseason to a World Series title. Now that things have changed as far as direction go, he seems to very much still be on board with with what the Royals are doing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this this will actually be his third rebuild. He had one with Milwaukee, <laughs> and he had one with the Royals uh, many many years ago, and 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 now he's in, involved in another one here. And I see a little more, you know excitement in his voice a little more enthusiasm because there are so many camp battles going on now we didn't have that for four or five years where you came into camp and basically the roster was set um and and, but this year you know he's going to have six seven eight roster uh, roster positions possibly open so he is embracing that and i i kind of brought that whole topic up by wondering you know is he going to go off beyond this year and he won't answer that um he's got one year left on his deal he's going to see how this year plays out and but I wouldn't be shocked, to be honest, if he came back for a couple more, uh, unless this season's just a total disaster, um, which I don't think it will be because I don't think the pressure's on this team to win, you know, 80, 90 games and get to the postseason. Everybody understands that this is a rebuilding year. There's going to be some pain involved, but uh, they still want to be competitive. But more importantly, they want to get ABs for guys like Soler and, and Bonifacio and Cuthbert and some other guys and, and just see them develop and see if. Uh, if they can be, you know, 100% productive uh, MLB players. Yeah, and some managers aren't necessarily um, set out to be a guy that can handle a rebuild. He has proven that he is, so why not keep him around, obviously, and let him try to do it again uh, one more time for Ned Yost. All right, it was a fun week of spring training for the Royals because of some visitors, and every team kind of has people come in, whether it's former players, legends of the franchise, or whatnot. Uh, the Royals this week had Bo Jackson as a as a guest instructor and also Rob Riggle, and they were there on the same day, which is interesting and probably a bigger thrill for Riggle than than anyone else getting to be there with Bo Jackson. Yeah, it was a total coincidence, actually. Rob and his family come in. They live in L.A., obviously, and he, they, they pack up the station wagon and drive over from L.A. every spring, and so we always expect him to see, see him here, and, and he just happened to show up the same day that uh, – both showed up for the first time, so that was pretty interesting. And uh, Rob Riggle is, is a Shawnee Mission South uh, graduate in Kansas City, and uh, part of that kind of gang, that uh, uh, comedian gang, that that is all from Kansas City, including Paul Rudd, uh, Jason Sudeikis is, is from KU, and uh, they all tend to show up at least sometime during camp. So uh, we were kind of expecting that. Uh, 
and we knew Bo was coming too. But yeah, that was kind of a fun day Sunday morning just to see uh, them kind of horse around together and uh, seeing Bo in a uniform again. He's been doing this uh, guest inst- instructor stuff for the White Sox for several years. He told me, and uh, but now he's, he was able to do it back with the Royals, and uh, he was pretty fired up and. Uh, he said that uniform slipped on pretty good. It's just, you know, one size bigger than it used to be. So, uh, but he, he's still looking good. He just had some soldier, shoulder surgery and uh, was uh, anxious to get out and hang out with the minor league guys. And, and they, of course, were all in awe of him. How much actual uh, teaching does he do with the younger players? And how much <laughs> is it just telling stories and, and kind of lightening things up? I think it's mostly just telling stories. I mean, you know, he's... Um, Today's kids know who he is, of course, because everybody knows Bo, but uh, they've got their own instructions and stuff like that. I, I think if, uh, you know, I haven't followed him around every single minute, but I think if some kids came up to him and asked him some advice, he'd be happy to give it. But uh, mostly, yeah, he's just a just a celebrity. He said he has diplomatic immunity. He can do whatever <laughs> he wants down here, So, uh, and that's what he's going to do. And pretty much nobody has the tool set that Bo had back in his playing days. So there's no, so much none. that he could never share. Never seen it before. Probably won't see it again. As far as uh, starting pitchers go, Ian Kennedy got his first start on Saturday. Uh, good first inning, less good second inning, but no big deal here at this point in the spring. Jason Hamill uh, made his debut on Sunday, two perfect innings. Those both those guys are pretty much on track at this point. Yeah, and they both need bounce back seasons. Um, Jason Hamill showed at stretches last year. Uh, he could be a really effective number three, number four guy, and uh, but it just wasn't consistent. And he's really trying to work on that this year and had a good first outing. And I, actually, Ian Kennedy's outing uh, I think was the best of the spring. I mean, the, the second inning is not going to look good, but that was a typical Arizona inning where a couple of pop flies uh, got lost in the sun and the wind, and all of a sudden, you know, he's given up a double and a triple and a double or whatever. And uh, but he was just his fastball command was as good as you can expect at this point in the year. I mean, he, he struck out the side in the first inning. I think he had five Ks in two innings and was really overmatching uh, uh, first first string of White Sox lineup. And uh, he was very, very happy uh, when I talked to him afterwards. Good stuff, and we'll hope they continue to progress towards opening day. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Royals edition. For Jeffrey Flanagan, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. <laughs>